Hi listeners, this is an episode joined with Edible Podcast founder Fame, so bear with us, there may be a delay. Talk to you soon. Hey, hi to Hey! We're back. (laughs) (laughs) We are back in action. We got guests, we got friends, we we got a collab going on. What's up? (laughs) A whole collab. This shit is really dope. I'm so glad you asked me to do this. Well, I'm, I'm yeah. glad you were down to do this. It was overdue, boo. <laughs> We've been on each what? other's journey. <laughs> no, for for a minute now, for a couple years now. It's, it's kind of cool. It don't even seem that long. It's crazy. No, I know. We're going to have to tell everybody how we got to know each other at some point in the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um... But uh, rise and grind to all my people out there, dragons. What's up? This is Black Dragon Breakfast Club. You already know blackdragonbreakfast.com. Hey, everybody. And this is Fame with Edible Podcast, your orally fixated, highly ingestible lesbian and cannabis culture. And this is about to be the dopest collab you've ever seen on a podcast. (laughs) FYI. Hey, hey. So, um,. (laughs) As my dragons know, this is Conspiracy Corner, where we talk cannabis, lies, truth, and the systems that keep us in the corners of our minds, and I think this is going to be an interesting episode, at least on my end, because we all about conspiracies. What's up? Yeah, I'm about conspiracies, too, so this is going to be interesting, too, because I'm a a student of the conspiracy theories, so I want to know what you got to say. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's funny. I've been listening. (laughs) I've been listening to the podcast like, yeah, there's some good shit right here. (laughs) (laughs) No, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. And I'm I'm excited, too, because, like, you're very daring. Okay, I'm daring. Sahitu is daring. Fame is daring. But fame gets to, like, be publicly daring. I get to be like <laughs> right you know, because the path I've chosen in life, which is like <laughs> nothing, I don't go nowhere where be accountable for my actions. <laughs> Yo, I appreciate that so much. I really do. Ugh. I seriously so it's- so um starting with that. And mind you, audience guests, me and Fame are very respectful of each other. So we literally don't want to talk over each other, which is really funny. (laughs) (laughs) If you hear pauses, that is a moment of silence because we respect each other. Okay. Absolutely. (laughs) That's what's happening. (laughs) Because, you know, delays in technology and shit. So we just trying to see what's going on. (laughs) Shout out to Anchor FM. Shout out Anchor FM. Thanks for letting us be in two different places at once y'all already know covid corona has taken over our entire lives um so fame and i decided let's um do a podcast together so that's what's happening yeah we on lockdown like what better time (laughs) to do this now you have to do a podcast with me i know (laughs) you put me on to this shit like this invited friend shit so i was like oh shit that blew my mind i'm inviting everybody to podcast now Right, everybody about to get this app. Get the app now. <laughs> Look, so in the spirit of that, I'm lighting up my blunt. And um, to the audience, to all of our fam and all of our friends listening, uh, we started this conversation, the part that you can't hear, um, with me asking Fame what she did yesterday. Oh, yeah. It was great. 
<laughs> like I just want to start the com. Yeah, I just want to start the conversation off by shouting out my best friend because Stephanie because she like gets me out and in, in the wild like doing shit that like I just wouldn't wake up and just do. And yesterday she was like, "Yo, bitch, like we're going out in the wild," which is which was Penny Pack Park. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> the wild dun, dun, dun. yes <laughs> wild as fuck out there. so yeah we went out to Pennypack park and i did shrooms for the first time i did a half of an eighth which i guess is like what a 16th <laughs> yeah i mean I, i'm glad you took a half an eighth i'm so glad you didn't take a full eighth in philadelphia during the rona um, only for the purpose of like conspiracy theories and like your brain going everywhere. So tell me what was it like? Like what how long first of all, how long did it last actually? So I wanna say it probably lasted until I went to sleep last night, like the lingering effects. But it it was very subtle. I had it with a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And <laughs> when it started to set in, I, everything was just like very peaceful and clear. It was almost like um taking like not Ritalin what's that other thing called and I don't yeah Adderall where things get very Mm. clear but without the jumpy effects (laughs) Mm. (laughs) facts (laughs) so it was chill I want to try some more next time so like you know I want to have like a deeper experience and that's the point I don't think I don't want to just say natural because there are things that are natural that come from the earth that we shouldn't try but that like aren't going to be harmful to me (laughs) <laughs> yeah no no for sure well it's it's crazy that it's it's legal that's I mean that part blows my mind so I did shrooms back in when I was in college in Hawaii and did them all the many times and had all the many trips and ended up in all the many random places um on a first Friday um <laughs> on the west side of Oahu um but I would I have never done them in the mainland like I've never done them in the mainland U.S. and so and now it's legal. So I'm just like, were you, like, did you feel safe? Like, how'd you feel? Like, how was it? You know? I don't know what it is, but, like, I always feel safe when I'm doing things. <laughs> well, not yeah. always, but just, like, I don't know. When I'm smoking weed, like, a lot of times people might be like, oh, like, put that shit away. Like, somebody might become like, I just feel very free when it comes to doing things outside. And right. I didn't feel like I was going to get arrested for it or something. Like, <laughs> Hey, I, I, say it. That's Unless true. I was going to do some crazy shit. Like, that's the, that was my only fear. Like, because, you know, people say you trip out or whatever. But yeah. I didn't trip out. And I guess it all has to do with how much you take, you know. So just being aware. Uh, was I laughing a lot? Um, I was yeah. very giggly. Yes, I was very giggly and everything was funny. But that's also real life for me, too. So I don't know. <laughs> did you pee on yourself? Did I feel myself? No, did you pee on yourself? Oh no, girl! <laughs> that, that happens. Did you pee on yourself? Oh, like I mean, so when I do shrooms, I'm again me. I also like to laugh a lot, and like just <laughs> I love laughing. I like being like the crack up person or whatever. So I <clears throat> I laugh like crazy, and when I laugh really hard, I cry. So when I'm on shrooms, there's just a lot of water. There's a lot of crying. <laughs> There's a lot of almost peeing, maybe peeing. There's a lot of sweating. Like, you just letting everything go. Like you just yeah, have that in a rebirth. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like, I think it's like a purge. Yeah, it's like a yeah. purge in a way. Like I, I'm kind of, I'm inspired. I'm inspired by you, Zane. Oh my God. 
<laughs> I'm inspired by you. Like, all gay oh. professional for you. <laughs> I'm gay for you. <laughs> oh, thanks. <You're> welcome. <laughs> Shout out to your friend um, for um, taking you to a whole new world. Yeah, shout out to Steph for that. Shout out to Steph. Thanks, Steph, for um, taking fame to the shroom land. Maybe, oh, I would, okay, this is like a really random thought, and I don't think I'll ever do it. I won't record an episode on shrooms, but maybe I will. I think we should. Like, we can edit it later. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. No, that's a good start, because I don't know if I'd be ready to video record it, but I think the the audio would be pretty interesting. I think you should invite some like women around you or just some people around you who just like give you good vibes and energy. And then y'all just Mm. vibe out on mushrooms. Like, Mm. and have a facilitator. Would you be the facilitator or would you do shrooms with us? I would do it with y'all. I would hate to watch somebody (laughs) do mushrooms and not be doing mushrooms. (laughs) (laughs) I'll ask one of my sisters to moderate. For that matter, like <laughs> the position where I can't smoke weed, like <laughs> oh god, no, thank you. And speaking of that, thank the Lord that cannabis is an essential business. What's up? Yes, that is that's crazy, and that's great. That's great, and it better be because um, alcohol is an essential business. Well, not in PA, but in Jersey. Like, <laughs> is it really? No. Hold up. Yeah, yeah, you can go over there to get your liquor and stuff. Hey. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, everybody's all panicking. <laughs> You're like, yo, just go over to Jersey. Like, so you know people are making money off of that shit, bringing that over. But <laughs> well, speaking of um, speaking of facts, <clears throat> speaking of facts, and knowing that on the conspiracy corner we discuss conspiracies and mainly cannabis and the things that I do, but speaking on a few facts and knowing we have COVID nineteen, I'm so glad we we've upped our language and now we're calling it COVID instead of Corona. Um, well, right. I, I did a little research. Right. Okay. Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> so I did a little bit of research and um, I found a couple facts. And so we all know what's happening with Corona with COVID-19. Um, it is a type of virus of, of similar to the flu and it has um, just taken over everyone's life internationally um and let's also be realistic a lot of people's lives were already really really bad before this even happened um with that there's an interesting i don't know there's an interesting space you can go into so let's talk about research let's talk about vaccinations let's just throw it out there let's just talk about it okay um i'm black fame are you black i'm black that's okay. what they told me. <laughs> okay. All right. Cool. And so just based based on that, based on that, you know, uh, there's history, of course, around vaccinations in America and African-Americans maybe not always being treated in various ways and us also having to do with some, some lies, right? Maybe people have been testing vaccines on us, giving us maybe syphilis. Who knows? Those are some things that have gone on. Check your history. Boom. Well, I wanted to find some facts. So I did a little bit of research and I just wanted to look into any conversations around vaccinations, around the flu last year. So I landed on an interesting article 
And also, please note, I brought up this whole race thing because I'm Black. So I always look up things that have to do with me. So I specifically looked up things around African-Americans, racial disparities. And I came across a really interesting article um, titled, We Have a Problem. Experts highlight racial disparities in flu vaccination coverage. Okay, interesting. What could be some potential racial disparities around the flu vaccination? Well, here's the quote from the article. For instance, our roundtable identified lack of trust as a major barrier for flu vaccinations among African-American and Hispanic populations. So it is critical as healthcare providers that we work to build a rapport with the patients we serve. And this was quoted from a gentleman by the name of Gregory A. Poland. He's a doctor and he's also the director of vaccine research group at Mayo Clinic. Y'all all know Mayo Clinic. Do you, um, Fame, do you know about Mayo Clinic? Yeah, um, I was actually first introduced to the Mayo Clinic when I was pregnant with my first son. Um, they put out a publication every year and it's basically... Um, information from A to Z on like everything you could possibly think of on how to care for your new baby as a new mother. So they give lots of recommendations, you know, healthcare wise, um, you know, that type of thing. So yeah, I'm familiar with the Mayo Clinic. They're, they're highly esteemed uh, medical uh, research group as well. So Got right. So like from your opinion, <clears throat> like, you know, we should take what Gregory says serious right like he's legitimate in some according ways. to you know i guess mm. you know standards <laughs> yeah, I, I like your wording i like your wording because with that we have a one more article to review everyone one more one more so before we get into it again you know i'm researching the article again that last article the quote that i mentioned around african americans hesitating to get vaccinations along with hispanic populations that article was from 2019 okay 2019 that's what gregory Poland was talking about remember he's the director of the vaccine research group at mayo clinic oh in minnesota mm-hmm. well i had to dig a little deeper i'm like let's learn more about my guy Poland. So if you dig a little deeper, pretty easy, type in his name and you'll pop up a YouTube video talking about COVID-19. And there he is on the Mayo Clinic website talking about COVID-19, informing the public about this, um, this virus. Very informative. We appreciate it. So dug a little bit deeper. Came across an article from 20, excuse me, not 2017, 2007, 2007. This was on ABC News and the title of the article is universal flu vaccine recommendation may be coming. Interesting. Okay, here's a couple quotes. <clears throat> We've changed the recommendation every year or two since 1997. It's sort of a creeping incrementalism. Hmm. Let's just make a universal recommendation that all Americans should get vaccinated. But then note that there are particular high risk groups that should be particularly recommended to get the vaccine. Other vaccine experts point that any effort to vaccinate all Americans could face many logistical hurdles. So those first two quotes that I mentioned, guess who said it? <laughs> well, of course, Gregory Poling. Mr. GP. Of, <laughs> of course, our guy. And so all I'm doing is simply create, all I'm doing is just pointing out a very simple and obvious correlation of a gentleman talking about COVID-19, right, speaking about vaccines and how <clears throat> a particular group of people hesitate 
and don't often get the vaccines as much as the other populations. And then I'm just, you know, going back to even farther articles, um, what, a decade ago, also talking about this kind of universal flu vaccination. And so I'm speaking on that because it's something that interests me. For me, vaccines, um, I did not come from a family that took a lot of vaccines. I'll leave it there. And um, that has a lot to do with, you know, our black bodies in America, period. I'll leave it right there. Um, I'm interested saying, like, you know, what's your perspective on it? Like, I'm not a mom, and so that's not a conversation I can really hit on. But I know for me as a kid, my mom had to advocate a lot for me around vaccinations, especially for the ones that I wasn't going to be getting. So I'm curious for you, like, how have you had to how have you moved in this space? Oh, well, I first want to point out the fact that you said, you know, the the reason why you didn't get vaccinations is due to the fact that that just wasn't like ingrained in your culture and in the way that you take care of your bodies. Right. And mm-hmm. yeah. and so quickly, the article, you know, wanted to relate the lack of immunizations in black and Hispanic communities to lack of trust, not looking at other factors such as that. You know what I mean? Um But uh, back to your question. So navigating that as a new mother, you know, of course, you're bombarded with all this information and you do everything that you possibly can to make the best decision for your child based off of like what you hear, what you read, your family's practices. um, And, you know, you take it from there. So early on, yes, like I immunized both of my children. Um, I want to say around my oldest 10th birthday he's 17 now but around his 10th birthday I stopped immunizing them both and my youngest would have been seven years old um but around preschool my oldest was actually uh diagnosed with autism you know they started to see some signs of it um you know just some foreseeably abnormal behaviors that were going to cause him like you know social issues in the future um what are some of those behaviors, by the way? Um, so a big part of um, autism is the detachment from, you know, social norms. So, you know, they're not very vigilant of barriers, like social barriers. Um, and then also they have like low emotional affect, meaning they aren't easily able to navigate, you know, other people's emotions and it also comes off as them like not caring. So, you know, someone you might be looking at as like just being a dickhead or something like that. Like, no, like they just might not, they just might not be in tune with their emotions a lot of time. And they have to be like taught certain things like that. Um, so yeah, that, that's some of the things. And then of course, like you have the the behaviors that normally stick out, especially for a child is, you know, the repetitive behaviors, um, hand flapping um and then Mm -hmm. having like perseverative conversation on one topic so they like gravitate from one topic to the next and they focus on that and they become it's like almost the point of being obsessed with it and they master it so it's like a very beautiful thing at the same time and like they're becoming different things as they go through life and that's what my son did like early on he uh he was very much into like studying continents and drawing maps and things like that and then he moved on to uh, music. He's and he's been on music for a while, actually. So just like studying everything about that topic. But um, either way, uh, yeah. So those those are some of the some of the signs of uh, of autism. And it was. I asked you. I, I just wanted to ask, just because you know, I feel like everything you described didn't seem so bad. 
Oh, okay. Right, right. So it's not even necessarily a measurement of like whether these behaviors are bad or good. It's like how they affect them socially and how they're going to affect their mm. quality of life. Um, so something my son noticed about himself, like he, with the, he did pacing, he paced back and forth. And when he was younger, he didn't really care about what people thought he wasn't in tune about, you know, those things like, you know, four or five, six years old. But as he got older, he noticed other people noticing him. And then he's looked mm-hmm. at as being different or weird, you know, and he would come and talk to me about those things. Like, you know, you know, I do these things. Other people don't do these things. Like, what is it? You know, so we were able to have that conversation about him being different, but I never really wanted to give him a label of being autistic. Like he, he was actually medically diagnosed with it. Um, but for me, it was more so to know like how I need to go about trying to treat it, not necessarily to label him. He just realized he was autistic, like, I don't know, a year ago on doing his own research. And he, he straight up asked me like, mom, am I autistic? And I was like, you were diagnosed with it. But what's interesting is in his 17th year, um, he's a junior in high school right now. And he, they, they basically were just requesting, he had an IP. They were just requesting for him to be tested, test, tested out of autism, of out of that diagnosis. They felt like he no longer needed to have that diagnosis. Um, they felt like they can move him on to a, uh, you know, a, a more lighter, if you will, um, educational plan. And he just didn't need to have the diagnosis whatsoever. And, you know, that made me scratch my head, of course. I'm like, how the fuck are you diagnosed with autism and then you don't have it anymore? Like, I can, I can see, like, you know, like, not, you know, the things mm-hmm. they've worked on since the diagnosis improving um, or you mastering those things that you needed to work on. But to just be like, oh, well, he doesn't have autism anymore i'm like so what does this mean for his education moving forward you know what i mean like because my thing is making sure he has certain protections in place you know because whenever he decides to go on the college and, and things like that he's able to get the support that he needs in those environments right um that's so interesting especially thinking about when uh, when the autism showed yes up. and it was within that you know time frame you know um i guess people you know, a lot of the articles, they'll tell you that human DNA and metals and things like that were increasingly like introduced over time into our vaccinations. And that is what is like said to be the major culprit of like um, the onset of autism. You know, these different metals and chemicals being present um, early on at life or, you know, even the increase in the what's given in the immunizations. You know, they stack immunization on top of immunization all in one shot. Um, so just like these things mm-hmm. that they decided to do, I don't know if it was the same time or doctor visit. I don't know what the fuck the reason was, but they started lumping everything together and that could po- potentially be an effect of, you know, human beings have a react, having a reaction to these, these different, uh, vaccinations as well. And it's so deep because it's a, <clears throat> it's a whole life story. You know what I mean? Like. You know, we start this off with a conversation around vaccines and that children are given vaccines. And now as a mother, you notice these changes in your child and you push back. And then over time, you're now seeing your son is going to be potentially tested out of autism. And now it's important we go back to the root, right? Because it's like, it's almost like we're we're lapsing over time right now because we're in this critical stage where billions of dollars are quickly now being sent to create a vaccination for COVID-19 and it makes you wonder what's going into that entire process right and what what else isn't going to be tested right and 
also thinking about our different populations and our different groups and that DNA. Like, I mean, we could go on a deep end talking about conspiracies. Like, what about the whole, um, what is it, the 29 and Me, the whole thing with your check, testing your DNA to see, like, where it connects to? Um, 29 and 3? What's the name of that? 23? What is it called? Me? Something like that, right? Stephanie yes. says. <laughs> <laughs> she's over here like 23 like <laughs> let me open up my browser and look this up long story short we've been giving our dna for the past how many years openly paying for it right to have our dna tested and checked what are they using that oh DNA yeah for right i mean it's i don't trust that shit I don't trust control. that shit. Um, they they definitely like you literally sign off on your DNA no longer belonging to you. Like they keep that shit. I don't trust that shit. They Look. banking it. They could be putting it in police databases. Like I'm sure that information can be bought just like anything else in this world can be bought. You know. So yeah, once you give that stuff up, like you're you're done. Like years and years down the line, if somebody wanted to like police put an investigation together, like a DNA investigation, and like figure. Who murdered somebody? Look. They could find out like <laughs> through your DNA that you're like one of your cousins killed somebody. Like <laughs> straight up. Like that ain't straight up. Business. That ain't none of my DNA business. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, so let's throw a curve in all of this. Speaking of all of this, vaccinations, DNA, let's get down to the real stuff. We're in the house, locked up, and I can't see nobody. I can't see nobody. I can't. I, I can get dressed up and I can get online and make cute little videos. That's all cute, but that ain't enough. So straight up, I'm trying to get a Rona Bay, but not really, because I'm not really like forward about it or anything like so, that. So. so what's your Rona Bay like? Like like a texting bay while you at home avoiding the Rona? <sighs> you know, I got okay. I I want like a couple bays. So I want like a creative Rona Bay, you know, one that like me and him, we can do artwork and we can do all types of things and stuff. And then like I want like I want like a like a intimate bay and we can be at home and we and I can go to their house and they can come to my house and we can hook up. Um but I'm not trying to get pregnant. Okay. Good. You don't want to have a Rona baby. Okay. <laughs> Nope, don't want to run a baby. I want right. to run a baby. <laughs> <It's> a big <laughs> difference. Um, big difference, big difference. And this may be temporary because I don't know if I want to be with them right. after. You never know when that day can come and you might never hear from me again. Like, because the Rona over. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm saying, look, like, I go into the dispensary to pick up cannabis, and that's where I can try to look for somebody to show off to, but not really. Do you ever find anyone um, in there? I go to the grocery. <laughs> no, I mean, there's a there's there's somebody that's cute, but I don't know. Uh, I don't know if. Oh, somebody. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know if they like me, and I'm not going to say nothing. So hopefully they're listening to this episode. Hi. <laughs> what's up y'all but i have been going to the grocery store about like once a week and that that's kind of like my time to like flirt true i be flirting online you know for the most part (laughs) i had like 
a couple bays before <laughs> this whole thing started. So like they be in my bays right now. So I feel that poly bay shit. Like you said, you gotta have somebody to be with, you know what I mean, kick it with. <laughs> you gotta diver- diversify you your bays, your Rona bays. <laughs> Because one of them can't take all of it. Has your has your has your activity increased since Rona? Like, are you are y'all seeing each other more? Um, or I would say less because I've been trying not to go out as much. My mother like has a weakened immune system, so like I'm trying not and I stay with her, so I'm trying not to go out and contact get in contact with anybody. But in the beginning, I was kind of like you know not being on my p's and q's. I don't even really know what that means, but <laughs> you know what P's and Q's? Nope, I don't, I don't got none of them. I don't have any P's or Q's. <laughs> I don't have any. They're very yeah. uncommon letters. But, you know, I went to go see a little shorty that um I had kicked the whip before the everything popped off. I, I canceled a couple dates on her because I was scared to go over. I felt bad. I was like, no, nah, I can't be doing that. Um, <laughs> I can't be doing that in the name of like getting some like <laughs> that's just that's just not smart, you know. Um, so yeah, but they say like Pornhub and all that, their activity increased, and like of course, like sex toy sales went up. So you know those that's good. Shit, my my activity definitely increased. <laughs> I mean. I got to dream a lot more. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I've been trying lately, but I, I just go to sleep. <laughs> I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. Like, does that mean I don't care or like? <laughs> <laughs> well, but I mean, so you're sleeping heavy though? Are you sleeping well during? Yeah, I'm sleeping well, time? but I'm waking up like I haven't gotten any. Like, I feel I think about it. <laughs> <laughs> And then you find out who people really are. If you're not texting people during this time of need, who you was kicking it with before this, now we know who you really are out there. <laughs> Talk about it. Talk about it. Say it. I, I do not mean to yell at our audience. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, y'all. But I see who the true people are because I ain't hearing from y'all. There yeah. you go. Drop Boom. the mic. It's, it's okay, though. It's okay, though. Don't hit me up after all this. Don't do that. So, hold up. How long have we known each other? Um, Like three years, maybe? Two or three? I think so, yeah. Three years. Mm-hmm. Shout out to uh, Franny Luz. That's where we met when I used to, um, when I had a car, my own car. Um, I used to make a point when I moved back here to go to all the Black-owned spots or try to go to the Black-owned spots. And so back then it was, um, and still is, Amalgam I would go to, Uncle Bobby's wasn't open yet. And Franny Lou's Blue owns Franny Lou's. It's a really cute spot. Um, that, those were some of the first days I was there. I was there with a friend of mine, uh, Dashawn, and a client, and uh, we ran into you. It, it was sure like, was. Cool um, it was funny because we was talking about this the other day, y'all. Just FYI, behind the scenes, and she didn't remember when we met. I was so hurt. <laughs> no, I wasn't hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all see how I told that story, though? I told that story, like, I done said that story 25 times. <laughs> yes, we met at Franny Lou's, and shout out to Franny Lou's, yeah, amazing coffee and, and stuff like that. But um, it's a real dope environment. Yeah, I was there with my ex, or coming there with my ex, and we ran into you. And like you said, your client in front of yours. And um, yeah, the rest was history. We exchanged information. Say hi to you. had such an amazing story. If you've ever met her in person, 
um yeah just captivating and yeah Jane Jim yeah that was uh we've we've had like a lot of different it's funny there's been like so many if I think back to the the like the friendship it's really been my entire experience with Black Dragon Breakfast Club which is really funny yeah um because we were working like we were working on a project together and it was um some content that we were working on with one of your clients and <laughs> this kind of leads <laughs> to another topic um you know the cannabis industry is interesting and I didn't want to make this conversation all about cannabis like I'm always talking about cannabis like we will definitely cover the updates that the Pennsylvania marijuana program has made y'all thank thanks shout out again to Pennsylvania medical marijuana program because they have made a lot of updates but cut me and fame have worked together in different capacities and we have one mutual uh, person uh, I won't mention their name um, but it it brings up this topic of working with yes. attractive people absolutely <laughs> Okay, and right, and so the cannabis. I mean, we could even use the cannabis industry. Like, it's really small. A lot of my community for the cannabis industry is is online. Like, it's people across the country, um, and then of course there is the industry that's here in Philadelphia. But like overall, it's about building relationships. You're building business um, and networking, and and getting to know new people in a in a new industry. Um. And I think I, I'm 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 attractive. I wasn't. I don't think I was always attractive. I'm one of those people that grew into my attractiveness. If anybody's listening who's known me when I was a teenager, I was not that cute. Um, but I've gotten cuter, and I've accepted. <laughs> I'll, I'll let y'all know too. Fame, fame is an attractive well, person too, and she. I've noticed. Yes. I've noticed you also have peers <laughs> that are attractive and <laughs> and um, I find it challenging, but I also do very well working with attractive people because I go into it with kind of, uh, I've already made up my mind in so many ways. So I, I don't need any barriers, you know what I mean? I don't yes. need to put any barriers in it. Mind you on the other end of that, like, if I like you, you'll never know. Like, I'm going to be too shy to ever let you know, unless I'm super, super high. But that's another. <laughs> okay, well, make sure you don't do that with your business tonight. <laughs> Stay on a chill, on a chill vibe. <laughs> <laughs> but fame, how do you, like, how do you manage work relationships um, as well as just, like, yeah, working with attractive um, people? It's definitely hard. And honestly, so I've worked with attractive people. Some of them I, you know, crossed the line with and some of them I haven't. Um, <laughs> so I want to, I want to be clear. I've never <laughs> slept with someone under me <laughs> or, or someone I was not permitted hey. to sleep with in like a um, corporate type setting, office type environment. That's never happened. Um, now throughout like my networking life I would say like within the last five six years is when I really started like going out and like being my own boss and like trying to start my own business where you know those those types of things mattered because I represented my business right like I was the company representing the company so my goal when I go out to these networking events or I, I meet new people and I start working on projects with them isn't to 
go in and like I don't know, like what is, soil my royal oats, like <laughs> that's that's not the that's not the goal. Um, so really, what I started doing, even because I have worked with very attractive people who have hit on me, who have tried to you know take it there. And, you know, the, the thing is to remind yourself, well, number one, I don't work with anyone that I don't see potential with. And if I don't see potential with you, I'm not going to work with you. Right. So if you're there working with me and I see potential in you, I don't want to fuck that up because the potential was there not for you and I to have a relationship, but for the business aspect of that. And nothing is worth my business. You know what I mean? Um, and to like be fully transparent, I had someone actually like publicly accuse me after they I had like constantly like. Um, try to avoid passes um, from them, you know, towards me actually come out and like say that the reason I stopped working with them is because I didn't, they didn't want to sleep with me. So like, <laughs> I know who that is. Do you? <laughs> oh, that, that's oh in the yeah, that's industry, in the cannabis industry. But you know what? I'm not the type of person and like they had put the information out there first, but I was just like, wow, like, you know, even working between women, I just want to be clear, it's not just like a heterosexual thing that just women have to deal with. We have to deal with it like in the lesbian community as well. And <laughs> it's a real fucking thing. Um, people can be inappropriate. And when I, and that's another thing weighing on my shoulders. Like I see how the lesbian community is portrayed. Like a lot of times we end up looking really trashy. That's what sells on TV and things like that. Or, you know, with these social media celebrities. Mm. But at the end of the day, like, that's not everyone's life. And I try really hard to uphold that reputation of, you know, not uh, of being able to be professional. Um, because so often we're misrepresented in that way. Mm. That's that's interesting. That's very, very interesting. Because the cannabis industry definitely here in um, Pennsylvania or Philadelphia, it, there's a strong... Um, LGBTQ um, cannabis community here. Um, and it's, I, I always like, you know, I'm always interested in what are the different experiences in all of our different communities and how do we right. kind of like intersect, you know? So it's, it's, it's interesting too, with it being such a new industry. So where there's a lot of new relationships being established and not always enough that's so true it's so true check. it's really and it's hard like you said to to fact check and go back and check references because it's such a new industry like and that's you know a lot of times i go off of people how i feel how i vibe with someone you know on top of them selling themselves to me before i like work with people i don't work with many people so you know if, if you vibe with people here and that's that's the cool thing about philly at the same time it's easy to make connections and stuff because a lot of people are so free and open like if you believe what the fuck you're saying to me and i believe what the fuck i'm saying to you then like we could a lot of times um and yeah great relationships are that way but a lot of times you know you run into the bad ones on along the way <laughs> mm. Speaking of relationships, uh, yeah, in the cannabis industry, how have you, you know, I I knew you with Les Cronin's, um, and then you yes. have Edible Podcast, and so I know, you know, you have different sponsors, and again, from our last story, like, you work with different people in the industry, so what's been your experience uh, building relationships and networking? Um, it's been very in interesting, um, so... My platform isn't more necessarily an educationally based. It's more so like entertainment. Like we have discussions around cannabis while smoking cannabis, while eating cannabis. Um, but 
at the same time, like I'm trying to pull in like different sponsors and those um, those different educational outlets so that we can actually like be more of like a resource as well in the community. Um, so because of some of my content, just like my, I'm, I'm true to myself throughout all of my brands. Like there isn't a brand that I've created that doesn't go back or connect to the original. So like just as crazy as Les Cronin's is like, that's how crazy edible podcast is going to be and everything else attached to it. So of course that kind of like might limit certain brands, but um, I've, you know, just been consistent with reaching out, circling back to different um, sponsors and stuff and, you know, just presenting my content and some of them really fuck with it. So, you know, I'm in the process of getting some big sponsors that I really wanted um, in the end. So I'm excited about that to see how that works out. Um, And then just really trying to like produce, produce more content. (laughs) <laughs> it's my main thing right now that's very very dope that's very dope well to kick it kick it over to a whole nother john i know i'm gonna bring up the COVID 19 <laughs> one more time just one more time um and it's kind of it's like a positive so nobody's on the street like there is essential business like construction which is kind of random and laundromats right i'm thinking again of companies that would produce pollution because interestingly enough there has been a major reduction in pollution since COVID-19 has struck us and taken over our worlds. Um, I recommend anybody just look up air pollution and COVID-19 and there will be a one of the links will take you to a very cool um kind of like interactive uh, video of um, um, the United States. And it shows you basically from January to March, the change in the- Because the cars, because vehicles aren't being used? Like did they, what what was it linked to? Let's see, the impacts have been profound on the ground, uh, but government mandated lockdowns have also remade the atmosphere. Um, let's see. I'll have to look and see exactly what they're saying, but they say the Centennial satellite, which is what you see, the data shows nitrogen dioxide, which is a handy proxy for human activity. So it has everything to do with human activity. Um, yeah, it makes major sense. So it's, it's just interesting thinking about like how COVID impacts all of us, but also like the natural world. Because if you think of us having this global crisis of our environment going into global warming, you know, it's like, well, how do we, how right. do we slow right. it down? Someone had actually like suggested like we need to do this like one month a year. <laughs> Regardless, like it's like one <laughs> month showed an impact. Like it hasn't even been a full month yet. So that's crazy. But I remember reading somewhere else that like pollution was picking up oh. elsewhere because of regulations being lifted during this virus or like not being, I guess, investigated investigated upon. I can't remember, but it was somewhere overseas where their their pollution increased because of it. Hmm, I believe it. I believe it. And I also just um, so it's burning fossil fuels directly emits a lot of nitric oxide and a little nitrogen dioxide but the nitric oxide is rapidly converted into nitrogen dioxide in the atmosphere. Nitrogen dioxide can easily be measured by satellite. There we go. Burning of fossil Mm. fuels. 
Yeah. So, I don't know, you guys. It's interesting to think, like, yes, this is very much so negatively affecting all of our lives, but at least the environment's right. getting I think, like, all of our environments are getting breaks. My head environment <laughs> is getting a break. <laughs> it's been interesting because just, like, transitioning from what you normally do on a day-to-day basis, um, a lot of my work has to do with, like, events. So, mm-hmm. all my events are canceled right now. <laughs> So I can't plan. I can't make any moves. I can't do Ooh, shit. Don't even like oh. that has to do with that. So now, like, just having to refocus on something else. <laughs> look, look. You want to talk about it? The last event we had, the Black Dragon uh, Breakfast Club, we did a, a women in cannabis. I wish you could have been there. Um, it was at WeWork, and I'm so grateful we we did it. This was a last minute event that I put on just before South by Southwest. And I just found out you, right. you were going to be at yes, South by I Southwest was. as well, right? I'm sad. That's- I'm so sad. So 30 minutes before the Women in Cannabis event starts, I get word from my guy in Austin that South by is canceled. And I'm still prepa- I'm preparing for this event. So I'm like trying to get my mind right. And obviously we know COVID is going on. You know, like there's this a scare of this flu occurring. This was like early March. Um, so I'm just really glad that I had that event. Like that it even happened because South by gets canceled. Yeah, same for me. All of my all of my activities for the most part are socializing are the events that I put on with yeah. Black Dragon. So it's nah. we can't it's see funny. My mom was person, just asking me the other day while this COVID thing was going on. She's like, when's the next when's that girl's next event? <laughs> She's trying to come. I was like, Well Aww. there isn't one because of this Love virus. <laughs> That's love, mom. Shout out to mom for wanting to come, y'all. We hit well. All right. On that note, March twenty eighth was supposed to be a medical marijuana wellness event. So everybody needs to know this by the time this episode airs. Um, hopefully, well, hopefully COVID is not happening. But if it is, if you want to get your medical marijuana card, you really? can now do it virtually. You know what? I ran into trouble doing it. Like I was trying to actually, I was trying to apply for my mom, right? Um, with the driver's license thing, mm-hmm. and it kept saying some something like her stuff couldn't be verified. I was like, "What the hell?" So I don't know. We got to go back into it and see what's good. Well, so while we love the Pennsylvania Medical Marijuana Program, when applying for it and registering your information, it's very finicky, and so. Um, that's a, where a lot of the trouble comes up is, you know, you have to take your state ID or your driver's license and input the information into the system so that it can match up, basically just matching up the information with your information on file from the state. But you have to put everything in caps. You have to write everything exactly as it is on your driver's license. And even then you might even miss a space and it messes up. So it just requires a lot of patience. And sometimes if you get to your wits end, we recommend sending an email to them and you send an email to them. And usually once you get back into the system, um, after you've refreshed your 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 browser, you've closed it, you've opened it cool. back up. All right. I'm going to try those things. Again. Now, has, has that been affected? Like, has the process been affected at all since this is going on? Like the, the application process? 
I mean, it's been affected in a good way in the sense that people have made calls and have stressed the system enough, put pressure on the system enough. So yes, we can do virtual calls to do certification. So a doctor can certify a potential patient um, through uh, just like, you know, a video call. Um, Then caregivers who are looking to renew their card, they no longer have to get um, a background check. So they can kind of expedite the process. They also, uh, prior to COVID-19, we could have five patients as caregivers. They've opened that up. So I don't know if there being a max number, but we can have more than five, um, as well as they're now doing curbside pickup. So you don't have to actually go into the dispensary. Oh, that's decent. Yeah, those are all positive things. (laughs) (laughs) Right? (laughs) So it's, it's, it's good. It's good stuff. I'm I'm happy that we have a few of the basics. Like I know people feel like we're on punishment and it is a struggle for folks to be inside, but yeah. We can get as long as my, my wee man keeps answering the phone. <laughs> hey. Like, as long as he that's good, it. we all good. <laughs> she said it. Well, this has been a, it has um, been. It's been fun. Been a really good episode. Um, we need to do more. We'll do more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, tell us, tell us what y'all think, y'all. Leave some comments leave and, and some tell my people about yourself. Tell us what's up. Say hi to. Yes, so I'm so hi to. Yes, yes, I'm so hi to. Um, I do a lot of things, but I'm also the founder of Black Dragon Breakfast Club. Um, we uh, exist to change the perception of cannabis. We also have this wonderful podcast. Uh, we do events to help people get their medical marijuana cards. We also do rise and grind pop ups which is a special cannabis experience and networking experience that you can indulge in. Please reach out to find out more. Uh, We are at blackdragonbreakfast.com. We are dragons. I am also a marketing consultant and a labor organizer for my audience, y'all. I bet you didn't know. Now you do. They didn't know that? uh, (laughs) um, Thank you. Yes, my name's Fame, and um, I am the creator of Les Cronims LLC. I'm an event organizer for um, LGBTQ events specifically, and then also like women's empowerment events. Um, Our brand, too, is involved with the normalizing cannabis movement. Um, We design clothes with like empowering slogans for LGBTQ and women and entrepreneurs, Um, We like to center queer women of color primarily for all of our activities. And I too do like uh, marketing consultations. I do free marketing consultations for black, brown, and queer folk only. Yes, I discriminate. (laughs) Yes. Sorry, y'all. She's cool, but she ain't that cool. So um, R-I-G, it's a mouthful, but you can find uh, me on Les Cronyms, L-E-Z as in zipper, C-R-O-N-Y-M-Z. That's lesbian acronyms if you want to put it together mentally. But um, yeah, look us up and then you'll find all of our other accounts. Queer Out of Philly, our event um, group, and Edible Podcasts, our podcasting group. 